Hey people, this is Mutsa Samuel and welcome to Your Authentic Self or YAS podcast. Now this podcast focuses on connecting you with your authentic self, that deeper part of you that most of us ignore. I will be interviewing a diverse range of Zimbabweans and global citizens who are making their mark in their own unique way and are unapologetic about who they are. I encourage you to learn from their journeys and take in it what you need to assist you in your personal path of authenticity. Hello Zimbabwe, hello world. Welcome back to another, yes, another. I think we're on episode 12 now. I mean, I'm, I'm getting ahead of Star Wars now, so I'm, I'm happy, I'm excited. How is everybody doing? Hope you're well. Man, the last few weeks have been crazy for me, apart from having a newborn baby girl. Uh, <laughs> the highlight of my, my last few weeks has been Game of Thrones. What? Amazing. Really, really dope episode. Really, really uh, dope season. Really compressed episodes, but um, awesome. Fantastic. I really enjoyed it, and it was great. And speaking of Game of Thrones, check this out. So uh, the podcast I'm doing today features some really cool gentlemen, and they even got cooler on my cool rating right now because they just brought in a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Simmons, the lead animator for the Game of Thrones dragons. What? So yeah, the co-founders of Comicsposed, uh, Tino Maconi and Eugene Mapondera, organized this gentleman coming through and uh, showing face at, uh, at uh, Moto Republic. So yeah, shout out to the Moto Republic family. Y'all doing your thing. Keep it up. Well done. Creativity Zimbabwe. That's what we're all about. So um, yeah. So let's talk about these two comic book geeks <laughs> who are also featured in, uh, in Husk Magazine. I'm going to leave y'all the link. Oh, sorry, Huck Magazine. I'm going to leave you guys the link uh, on the description of this episode below. And um, yeah, they were featured in this mag, this online mag, and this article about uh, why geek culture is taking over Africa, homegrown escapism. Really, really cool article. Love, 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 love information and stuff like this, especially about uh, kind of creating a new African narrative, which is what, you know, your, your Authentic Self series is all about, man. Let's, let's uh, disrupt the current narrative, which is not doing us any favors. And let's create something new and fresh and use what, you know, our past has taught us, but, but not live in the past. Let us, let us excel. Let us add our own unique twist to it. Let us add our authenticity. That's what this is all about. So, yeah, I interviewed Eugene and Tino uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, it seems like the episode actually came out just at the right time because, you know, with, what, with, with uh, the gentleman they brought in from the Game of Thrones animation kind of fit in well with uh, how I'm releasing this uh, podcast. So, yeah, kudos to the universe for looking out for uh, Synergy, man. Awesome. Right, let's get into it. So, um, yeah, these two gentlemen are the co-founders of Comicsposed, which is a platform which kind of allows creatives and barwins to tell stories and to tell the narratives. And it was great, great, great interview with them. One of the lessons I learned from both of these two gentlemen is to never, ever, ever stop uh, having a vision of your goal. And you know, though they talk, though, though they took very different paths in their journey of uh, creating Comic Exposed, they each took valuable lessons from the different experiences that they had, and they found a uh, a commonality in that. And so they had a similar commonality growing up together, but also with their unique experiences. So um, yeah, and this, this is a combination of something really, really, really funky and wicked and cool. And uh, I love the way they're going and the way they're telling Zimbabwean stories from a completely different angle. 
but still tackling very relevant and real, you know, uh, social issues. So, yeah, check these guys out. I uh, really, really enjoyed this interview. Might I say it was the most fun interview I've had. And this is only part one, by the way. I hold you to that. This is only part one. So we're definitely going to be uh, following up on these guys as they progress through on their journey of creative Zimbabwe storytelling. Enjoy. Must just put it out there. I'm a Batman fan, all DC right. all the way. <laughs> Although Marvel's been killing it in the movies, I must admit. What y'all say about that, though? Uh, I've got a Batman T-shirt. That's as far as my DC relationship goes. <laughs> yeah. I had a, a long conversation yesterday uh, with a friend of mine. Um, who happens? Maybe she's biased. She happens to work at Marvel, okay. and she was saying that uh, the top people are Spider-Man, Wonder Woman. And Superman. And I was like, wait a second. What? Batman. There's Batman as well. Then she was like, no, no, no. People will recognize the other characters more. And I was like, no. But I think Batman's higher than Wonder Woman. It's like, no. Yeah. It's, Are you serious? Well, what what standard of measurement is yeah, you yeah, yeah. that kids mm-hmm. recognize oh. the brighter colors first I am not talking before they get to the dark guys? I think Mutz is talking about the cool yeah, fact. I know yeah, the yeah, cool yeah, fact. Yeah. I argue that, wait a second, there's yeah, the cool guys, fact. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah listen. I, I saw Wonder Woman uh, last week, mm-hmm. and it got really good reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I must did. admit, in in the in the Mar- in the DC universe, it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's the only movie. Yeah, but but as 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 mo- oh really okay, we'll get <laughs> but as as a movie compared to other movies in general, I mean. Not really that great, in my personal opinion. Okay. The villain was weak for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to see Homecoming today. So oh, wow. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's half price, <laughs> price Tuesday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> great so, timing, yeah, man. Great timing. Goes, but I, I'm not quite sure how the reviews got. So, gentlemen, tell me about your journey into comic books, and more specifically into African comic books and telling, telling the African story. Yeah. How did you guys get into this? Wow. Hey, um, and what are you doing? Yeah, oh, what, what are we doing? Yeah. I guess, uh, we'll start, I'll, I'll start by introducing myself. Uh, right. For the benefit of those that don't know, uh, my name is Eugene Ramirez Mapondera, and I'm a comic book artist and animator living in Harare, right? Um, so my journey began as a kid. Uh, my, my older brothers were artists, uh, hobbyists, but they were really, really good, and they could quickly sketch up really mm. cool-looking action figures and things like that. Okay. And I got into it, and... Because I was much younger, I had more time to get obsessed and lose sleep over that kind of thing. <laughs> so yeah. you couple that with uh, addiction to Saturday morning cartoons and picking up Flash comics and you know borrowing stuff you never return because it's so awesome. Right, I just right. got into the habit of starting a collection and my imagination just went wild and I started creating my own uh, comic books. You know, uh, during math class I'll be doodling. Uh, during every other class, I'll be doodling, creating yeah. lame titles like Super Kid. And, <laughs> and it wasn't... <laughs> wow. And I, I was talking to Tino. Tino's got this elaborate collection of all his childhood comic books. Like, you can trace his entire journey. What? When, when I found my stuff, I started systematically destroying it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, so... Um, yeah. So, so, so it's funny. So it came from the from the older sibling. Usually, yeah, usually yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. it kind of seeps down through. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and then so you started drawing. You started kind of doing that. And then was there a period in time when you said, "I'm actually going to take this seriously," and then like kind of go for it, or was it still kind of a hobby throughout your like formative years, your yeah. preteens, your teens? 
Wow. Well, um, in high school, I think that's when I realized I could actually take it seriously uh, because art class was extremely independent. I mean, ah, primary okay. school in Zimbabwe, you've got art as yeah. this little thing you have yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, on yeah. a Friday or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. something that you have uh, you know, generally. But then in high school, it was a focused discipline. It was something that you get ah, tested and graded on. Right. And at that point, um, I remember... Um, I had this one art teacher who came through. He was a student teacher at the time. But he was so interested in modern art-related careers. And that's when he brought up stuff like graphic design and so on. And, of course, by that time, Toy Story had long since come out. And I was like, right. wait a minute, but how did they do that? Yeah. And that's when all the trouble really started. Uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Tino, yeah. talk to me about your... Journey, journey. Oh, yeah. This one's gonna take a while. <laughs> um, right, my name is uh, Tinodiwa Zambimakoni. I'm also a comic artist and animator. Uh, I guess I started early as well, like Eugene. Mm, mm. I started uh, earliest I can remember, uh, like directly, would be grade six. Yeah, grade five, six. Okay. So um, I had my two best friends. Uh, they were, they, what, what would you say, Zimbabwean Americans? <laughs> Americans. <laughs> Whatever that could be. African Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Real, Real African Americans. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so they, um, they, they, their mom coming from the States, they would often travel every year. They would go to the States, half their families there. And so they would always go and get cool stuff. So they introduced ah, me to, okay. to Super Nintendo. They introduced me to Game Boy. They introduced me to... <laughs> Satellite TV right, and right. all of that. So um, they would always come back with comic books. They had like ah. a trunk of comic books. So many. I, I couldn't read all of them. Wow. So that was my first taste. Then okay. we had many, the good old Saturday uh, morning cartoons. We had X-Men. X-Men, oh, yeah. Cops. Visionaries. Visionaries. <laughs> oh, that yeah. is dope. All that stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But most not notably for us was uh, Robotech. Robotech. Ah, so, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, we started drawing all of that. And because we both had an artistic flair, we competed against each other. So ah. you'd make something, I'd make something. So like... Eugene, with his early characters, he had a super kid. Super kid, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I had Bio Bunny. <laughs> so, look, we were kids. We, we were not R-rated. So what did Bio Bunny do? Bi he, had like, he was like a half cyborg bunny. bunny. And uh, he, he, was, he fought I love villains. That. I love that. And um, that was my first comic. I did three issues of that. I, by issue, I mean it was like four pages. Okay. <laughs> and out of your math book. Out of my math book, <laughs> And bond paper, and bond paper. Fold, fold it up enough times. Yeah. And uh, my friend made um, a character, uh, his name was Morris, he made a character called Flash, a okay. team called the Flash Four. And I was like, they are so cool. Yeah. I was so enamored oh, with these characters. Wow. And I decided, no, I must defeat this man. <laughs> and I created my, my current superhero. Um, I won't tell you his original name. He's now called... Ganyamuto. <laughs> and uh, that was the beginning. So oh, then, what? By the time I hit grade seven, I knew this is what I wanted to do. Yeah, the competition was a big the competition factor. competition really. Yeah. Yeah. But healthy as well. I very mean, healthy. Yeah. Very yeah. healthy. They're still like, like my best friends this day. I love that. You know, what you guys are kind of telling me is that when you kind of allow young people to foster their creativity... Um, they can actually add to the narrative of a nation yeah. or to a people, mm -hmm. which is what you guys are doing now. Yeah. Uh, was that, is this something that you know, was supported by family members or, or was it only the niche of people 
in this in this comic book arena that understood what you were doing? Was it mm-hmm. was it if you were to go outside of that sphere back then, mm-hmm. were people like, huh, what are you up to? Mm-hmm. Or was it like support? Hey, you know what? Do this. This is great. Yeah. Wow. To answer that, I'd say. Um, the the youthful arena, like the young people who were exposed to this kind of culture, yeah. uh, that was the safe space. Okay. Uh, it's very rare. I'm yet to find a guy who grew up in the late 80s, early 90s, who can safely say his parents were in full support of yeah. you know, his comic book addiction or, yeah. or fascination with animation. Uh, most of the great ideas and challenges and, and early concepts, as far as I remember, for example, with... My first character, uh, Nefinuro, yeah. he, he's the result of, you know, uh, a childhood discussion I had with my cousin, who's now a stand-up comedian by profession. Oh, wow. And I can't imagine having the same ideas being tolerated by an older person uh, in the I 90s see. coming yeah. from, you know, <clears throat> considering our, our community or, or our upbringing and um, career guidance was always go towards commercials, right, go towards right, uh, right. sciences and stuff. Yeah, so I'd yeah. say the safe place was in and around the young people who are exploring all these new ways of storytelling and really uh, liberal with their imagination. Got it, got it. Um, early days for me, yeah. uh, of course, that little core group yeah, uh, yeah. was a safe space, very safe, very nurturing. Mm. We were, I would say in junior school, I was an outcast right, because right. we were so... Yeah. Bizarre. Not that, not a crazy idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were also just in our You were like world. spying on people. Yeah, different. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we were oddballs. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, in high school, it was quickly realized, and I think this happens for all art students, that if you're good at art, you get singled out as the art kid. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. they just leave you in your corner. They appreciate what you're doing, but you're the art kid. Ah, and I see. That's great when they need art from you, yeah. which is ah. wonderful, but you're not part of like everything yeah. else. Which I think was another kind of safe space because yeah. they, they started, when I started doing comics in high school, my friends were my first subscribers. Yeah. Of course, ah. production was very slow. <laughs> they were my subscribers and they say, when are you doing the next one and, and can I read it? And out of yeah. that, a few core friends were, were cool with me and saying, no, you keep doing this. Right, and, right, right, um, right. And I, I tell people it took me seven years to convince my parents. What? Yeah, was, well, six years. Oh That's my just goodness. high school. Yeah. To convince them to get to the end where they say, okay, the only prizes he wins are art prizes. <laughs> and ah, okay. um, he talks about this. He lives he this, this. He breathes yeah, this. He's yeah. always, you can destroy his pictures. You just make more. Oh right. That by the time I finished school, they said, okay, we're going to trust what you want. I know that's rare. They're yeah. going to just trust what what do you want to do? Tell us where you need to go yeah. and we'll help you get there. And, we'll and wow. that's how that happened. Yeah. Amazing. Sure. So have you guys taken any like storytelling classes or have you had to read books or like how, I mean, you, I, I understand it. You know, there's the villain, there's the, <laughs> you know, there's the hero, there's the plot. But mm-hmm. I mean, are you guys kind of just making it up as you go around figuring out the components of mm-hmm. it? Or is there like a standard formula mm-hmm. or... Like, how does that work in terms of writing a comic? Wow, that's a very, very deep question. Um, I think for, for me to answer that, I'd have to continue from where Tino left off and, and, and maybe show where I came from. Um, yeah. I, I, my, my journey wasn't as um, fortunate as Tino's because my parents ultimately were not as supportive right. of you know, me studying art or animation, that kind of thing. As a, as a result, I ended up going to university uh, to study 
uh, other things. I was a bit of a boffin, so yeah. I, I was actually good at history and geography and all that stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> quintessential nerd. <laughs> I, 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 I guess I was. So, <laughs> yeah. so I ended up uh, going to university to study political science, which I did for four years. And uh, this did not deter me at all. If anything, I, I, I learned how to animate and draw even better during my uh, university ah, studies. So okay. was, during the day, I was... And where was know, this, sorry? Uh, this was locally at the University okay. of Zimbabwe. Oh, wow. So... Okay. Um, it was then that I started freelancing and doing all that stuff, but I derived a lot of, or I, I discovered a consciousness to what was happening uh, around me, uh, yes. in my community, uh, society in general. The world became a lot clearer, and I yeah. realized that the narratives I, I had created as a kid, uh, they, they could evolve into something more impactful. Mm. So I, I went back to looking at certain ideas that I had explored and looked at the superhero and realized that Contextually, what we see as a superhero in the African context has got to be different in so many ways yeah. uh, to what the Western world portrays as a superhero because our challenges are fundamentally different. Our, our, our backgrounds, our civilization, our history, our heritage, yeah, it's yeah. all complex and very different. So our version of the superhero needed to look different in my mm. interpretation and needed to solve a completely different set of uh, problems and you know counter very very unique villains hmm. and um, that's that was my storytelling class I guess ah, okay. that coupled with all the material that I'd consumed as a right, kid right right and this self discovery this uh, you know understanding of my identity as an African guy yeah and a Zimbabwean guy with all the interesting things that has that have happened in our history it it shaped a lot of the stories that I started to tell sure yeah yeah. It's an interesting mix of things that just come together. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And how was it for you, Tino? Well, I guess also from something Eugene said, storytelling happened because we're just watching a lot and seeing yeah, a lot. And yeah. you kind of pick, get a knack for it. You pick up how to do it. Yeah. And uh, my earlier stories were really about me and the world I wanted and what I wanted to see and what I thought the world was and that would just seep into my comics and my books and mm. all of that. But getting older, you think a lot more, you realize yes. a lot more, and you realize that that's, that's very sub-level. So the stories we tell now aren't even for us. Right, or, right. Or mm. at least in my case, they're not even for me anymore. Mm. Right. They're, they are now very Afrocentric. They are after realizing that our identity was mm. lost along the way right, somewhere. Right, right, right. They, they are to save others, shall yes, we say. Yes, yeah. um, the, what we realized we didn't have growing mm. up. So that informs a lot of the stories we tell now. And then also a hunger to not do what the world has already been doing yeah. mm. um, so far. We've, we've, we grew up with that stuff. We don't want to retell right, that right. anymore. Exactly. So a hunger for new and a realization that within us as Africans, there is still an untold story. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. And I think that hunger also is not just from here, but the rest of the world is also looking for yeah. something different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at the hype with Black Panthers making. Very wow. All of a sudden, yeah. it's like, yeah. oh my God. And, all, and, and there's a Zimbabwean in there, by the way. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, like, <laughs> so all of a sudden, you've got an all-black cast, a black superhero. What does that look like? Now we're going to Africa, mm -hmm. yeah. where there's a very precious mineral. So, like, there's a lot of, obviously, parallels oh, to, yeah. you know, what yeah. happens in real life. Yeah. I think that's exciting times. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. that's going to be groundbreaking in the way African storytellers writing. 
albeit it is from a Western perspective, mm-hmm. but yeah. I think that can open up the door to a lot of other things that can start happening. Yeah. That's right. You know? yeah. um, so, so I think about it this way. Like, uh, I wrote this blog, and I also tell a lot of my, uh, my clients and readers that we are the stories we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right? And in that, I say that there's, there's, there's different levels to a story. Mm-hmm. So you have first the political mm-hmm. level, which mm-hmm. is the very surface. Then after that, you have the social level. Mm-hmm. Then after that, you have the, uh, what is it? Yeah, I can't remember. All of them. Political, social, uh, something, something. And then you end with the mythological, which is mm-hmm. like the spiritual. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I use the example of Romeo and Juliet, mm-hmm. right? On a, on, a, on a, sorry, the first one is social. Oh, yeah. Social level, Romeo and Juliet, boy meets girl. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. They fall in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Political, it's there's two rival families. Families, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Then you go deeper. I can't forget, remember the other two, but the, the ending, the mythological, is actually love conquers everything, mm-hmm. even death. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like the real disturbance. <laughs> if you really want to go yeah, that's, deep, yeah. Into that's it. So, yeah. so how, how much do you guys play with those different types of levels in your stories? Woo! <laughs> I will let you Jim first. I think you've got some interesting perspectives there. Oh wow, okay. Um I'm gonna talk about a story that I have called Nefinuro. I think okay. it's the one story that no, I'm not no, it's not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. Yeah. Okay. So um like I said, when I when I was a kid, I was about sixteen, my cousin and I found ourselves messing around with the possibilities of a superhero from Zimbabwe who'd be named Nefenuro man. For those of you who, who are gonna hear this, um have no idea what that means. Mm. Nefenuro is a Shona word which means to broadcast. Um so it is talking about actual broadcasting. Uh, it started off from a joke uh, as we were reflecting on how poor our television station was, like our right. local television station was. And the how, reason. How poor it was or how poor it is? <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess that's in perpetuity, isn't it? Anyway. <laughs> right, ahead, so, um, with time, um, when I became a professional artist, I, I decided to take up that same character and turn him into an actual superhero mm. who's very patriotic. His suit has got, you know, the national, you know, emblems like the Zimbabwean bird, the white star, etc. And in reinventing this, this character, um, I set him in uh, a television station called Zimbabwe Television Corporation. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy is a downtrodden staff member who's the butt of every joke. He's exploited by his boss. He's overworked. He's single. He's always alone. And he experiences the loneliness, the economic hardships. He mm. experiences the low pay. And throughout the, the first two pages of the comic book, he talks about this thing that weighs him down, which he refers to as the system. Mm. And in this comic book, um, ultimately this guy is, he's forced to work a really late shift and there's really bad weather. And because of all the terrible, um, outdated equipment that he's working with, there's some sort of um, you know, surge, electrical surge and malfunction, which leads to his injury. It's not, it's not the cause mm. of his powers, but it's actually an injury that lends him in hospital for like six months and then he gets into this legal battle and ultimately he wins. But the side effects of this is that, the side effects of this accident is that he can now interact with radio waves Mm -hmm. and microwaves and he can slowly begin to manipulate them and overhear things and understand things. And um, that's why he really has this name now of Nefenuroman because Mm. he understands and interprets broadcast. So the social side of it is 
it reflects on what every average Zimbabwean is going yeah, through and yeah, what they're aware yeah, of. Absolutely. And the system, which I keep referring to in, in this book, is every system that we look at and find overwhelming and overbearing right. or inhibiting right, of our right, progress. Right, right. And then, of course, um, the economic side is obviously represented in the most literal sense. This guy can't afford to do all the things that he should mm. be doing for himself and probably his family and so on. And then ultimately, the mythological side is what if we could turn all of our hardships into a positive and begin to use them to help other people? That's uh-huh. how he gets okay. these abilities and right. starts helping the Zimbabwean people. So the most interesting part about the book so far is there is no actual villain. There's no Dr. Octopus right, or whatever. Right, right. He's this superhero figure who's continuously fighting this um, this intangible thing called the system yeah and it gets you wondering what is the system in reality Uh, and it gets you questioning those things from a very fantastic point of view so that's one uh, of the ways that i've explored those different levels of storytelling while keeping it relatable to every every zimbabwean because everyone knows what it's like to work right 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 (laughs) that they don't like (laughs) that they don't like and so on so so would you so i'm just gonna add my own two cents to this plot you know sure sure so like if he can interpret radio waves and microwaves, mm-hmm. can he interpret the waves that are maybe being said by ancestors who are speaking to us? Boom. Just a thought. Yeah. Just my own plug-in, yeah. you know. Yeah, just, you, you know, know what? It's, maybe to add another dimension to it. Just saying. It's, it's a webcomic. Yeah. Check just it out on my Facebook. Throw in your two cents. Huh? All right. Can you yeah. guys briefly tell me about Comexposed and what you guys are trying to do with that and the platforms that you've kind of been at and... Right. Yeah. Okay, well, Comexposed is the Zimbabwe Digital Arts Convention. Okay. Um, it it uh, evolved from the Zimbabwe Comic Book and mm-hmm. Digital Arts Convention, so we, we're trying to encompass everything. Okay. The goal with Comexposed, um, some listeners may be familiar with things like San Diego Comic Con, which is probably the biggest of that form of a convention right. in the States. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it brings together everything from film, um, TV, video games, uh, comics, uh, everything that's digital. Mm -hmm. And um, people share it industry-wise and the fans get to participate and all that sort of thing. So we want to replicate that industry within Zimbabwe. We don't want a scenario where we continue to consume uh, media from outside without producing some of our own. Because that media will always reflect where it comes from rather than us telling our own stories. And similar to how you've got things like the Disney Corporation coming out of that industry and providing jobs and opportunities mm. and entire... By industry, we mean everything from the guy who has to make the TV for the program to be watched on. Right. We're including that in industry. Good. So that has been birthed from that there. We just want the same here in Zimbabwe and in Africa in Love general. It. Beautiful. So Beautiful. if we're going to have people who want to become, in our case, we started superheroes, mm-hmm. someone um, in the fashion industry eventually has to participate with the film guys when the series mm. gets made on TV. Mm-hmm. So we've brought fashion, we've brought ah, film. Then there's people in crafts who are making the props. Then there's people in visual effects. We have to get people who are pros at working with C4 to make the mm. explosions for the explosion scenes. Yes, so it yes. becomes this whole, whole massive thing. thing. Even the junkyard where mm. the cars that you blow yeah. up are acquired from <laughs> right, becomes right. part of that industry. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking so, Hollywood, early 1900s. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we Love want it. that whole thing, the media buyers, the promoters, mm. the, ad, the, whole, the endorsements. Mm. We want yeah. cereal boxes with these things, what? everything. And I we like feel that. that is an economic, um, 
that's our economic impact yeah. to this country and again Good. the whole of Good. Africa. So yeah. that's what Comexposed is trying to do. Not ourselves, that. not yeah. by ourselves. No yeah. 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 We're sure, just sure. the catalyst for it. I We're just that. starting that. it and hoping everyone follows suit. Good. So Good. Um, to do that, we've got our annual events, the Comexposed convention itself. Mm. And then we've got smaller events, which we call Comic Book Day. And these are smaller, every three, four months, we hold these smaller events, which are now the space like a marketplace yeah. okay. for these bedroom businesses. Right. I won't even call them garage. <laughs> these are yeah. bedroom businesses mm. to just sell, meet the fans, yeah. gain an audience, get some traction, and start breaking into proper com- the proper commercial industry. And um, wow. yeah. then we hold the workshops and sure. we, we hold our own show as well. Do you guys go to schools? Have you gone? Uh, schools has been tricky. Has we, been tricky? we try. Um, yeah. I've spoken to schools. Eugene has also spoken yeah. here and there. You know how the system is, the right? System the system is. The system, is, system. Yeah. system. <laughs> so, this, this brand new thing? What? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's not so much that the schools uh, fear us in yeah. so much that they don't yet understand, they don't yeah. understand what yeah. we want yeah. to do and uh, whether or not we are for the forces of good. Yeah. So um, we are very eager to get into schools. Yeah, because that would be a great thing. Imagine yeah. having a comic book as part of your curriculum. That would be, be incredible. I mean, like how switching things up completely, yeah. Yeah. which is what I think this country needs. Yeah, yeah. 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 But anyway, okay. Time is a factor here, and it's not on our side. We'll have today. to do a part two so someday. <laughs> I, I, you know what? To be honest, I'm going to actually um, call you up on that. I think we need to. <laughs> for now, um, if you could both give me uh, a universal truth, what I call a universal truth, mm. something that you know you both live by, mm. something that could be interpreted by anybody, no matter where they are, where they're from, race, religion, mm-hmm. anywhere across the globe, any human being could say, "Oh." that is useful for me. Oh, wow. What would that universal truth be, each of you? Oh, wow. Um, for me, I, w- I would say my universal truth is a proverb. I've got no idea who, who said it, but it mm-hmm. goes, there is no knowledge that is not power. And the way I apply that is learn as much as you can and do not spurn or shun uh, any kind of knowledge by any means. And I've lived by this, and I don't think I would be where I am if I shunned or spurned, mm. uh, you know, knowledge or academia of any kind. Right, right. Because I, I like to walk in a gray area of being uh, an entrepreneur, a creative, sure. and just an academic, plain old yeah, academic. Yeah, and yeah. every day I find that benefiting me. Absolutely. And I find that for a creative in Africa, it, it draws a lot of respect. Yeah. Because like the saying goes, there's no knowledge that is not power. Absolutely. Yeah. You're going to get your PhD? Uh, I need I need to get that doctorate first. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. That's yeah, good. Yeah. I, 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 I like thank, that. I like thank that you, thank much. you. Right, my man. Um, I'd, mine would actually be pretty similar to Eugene's. Mm. Um, I, great power. Comes <laughs> <from> <laughs> I wish I could have done that one first, you know, and be the guy who made that. The Peter Parker quotes to you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess my universal truth is I draw. And I think everyone draws. Mm. Uh, what I mean is we're all creative. I just happen to draw with a pencil. Mm. Some people draw with their music. Some people draw in architecture. Some people draw right. with accounts. Or, right, right. Or whatever right. it is that you do. Yeah. Your form of creativity, we're all very creative. You can't go around saying that, oh, you draw, you're so lucky, you're so talented. Right, no. Right, right. You've got your own, uh, I, I guess, um, ball of creativity that's residing nice, within you. Nice. And you just need to focus it somewhere. Lines. Literally 
focus it somewhere and build on it because that's where your life comes from. That's your ability it. to create. Very good. Preach. So, <laughs> yeah, I like your ability to that is actually a, your own superpower yeah, in, my, in, my, in all honesty yeah. um, gentlemen thank you very much for this very engaging no, interview thank you and thank uh, you I'm going to call you up on that part two for real <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm looking for you guys are coming to, to the mentorship program yes November level no, up ah, November oh, okay. level up mentorship plenty of time to taking your stuff to the next level awesome that is a story for another day okay thank you gentlemen you're most welcome all right. this is good Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the content that you just heard and it is the end of the podcast, but not necessarily the end of the journey. This podcast is part of the greater Your Authentic Self or YAS series. This series includes YAS blogs, YAS vlogs, and of course the YAS podcast that you just heard. There's also YAS ebooks and YAS interactive seminars and personal development consulting. Please feel free to email me at motivate at for more information. You can also submit to my mailing list where I have exclusive content for my subscribers via my blog on Medium. Also, you can visit me on mutsasamuel.com. Find me on Facebook as well as follow me on Twitter. Have a great day. And remember, be authentic. <laughs>